Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 4, Episode 9. Scott Litzkin and I go through Week 3 around the state, and then he updates his top five uh, podium teams as of now. Let's hit it. Week three's in the books. The Indiana Runner podcast, Colin Altavote, Scott Lidskin. Scott, some weather considerations, most notably the showdown between the Noblesville girls and Columbus North girls was, I guess the, the showdown is postponed until later. I'm not sure when that'll happen, but, um, and also a very, a very humid Saturday. So maybe not seeing quite the times we might've anticipated coming into the weekend. Yeah. We, we've been lucky the first few weekends with the weather. So, I mean, you know, this was a little more typical of a late August, early September weather, but uh, yeah, maybe uh, the running gods, they just want us to wait on that uh, girls matchup between North and, and Noblesville. I think the next time it might happen would be on the state meet course at, uh, at Laverne, that Laverne twilight meet. We're going to go through a couple of the uh, meets here. And that would have been the, the Columbus North, the Rick Weinheimer Classic would have been our featured meet, but it didn't happen. So we've uh, pivoted to a different meet. Let's go way back here, Scott, to the Manchester Invite. It's back. Uh, not better than ever, but it's back. It <laughs> Manchester, number 21 East Noble Girls win easily 43 to 73 over Fort Wayne Northrop. East Noble sophomore Addison Lindsay with a comfortable win in 1825. More about the East Noble girls later here in the podcast. And on the boys' side, number 22, Penn, 26 to 92 over Culver. Fort Wayne Northrop's Conyer Wilson uh, is the winner in 1634. Not sure if that's the same Manchester invite course that it would have been, say, in the 90s and O's. Uh, girls rating for this meet, minus eight meaning eight seconds slower than an average course on an average day in the middle of the year, uh, boys rating minus four still have yet to see a lot of plus ratings. Um, I don't know if our, of our, our uh, base out there listening knows uh, I don't, I don't have all the data, but quite a historically significant meet in the history of Indiana high school cross country, the Manchester invitational used to be one of the really heavy hitters Um in uh, the cross country world in Indiana, still a very good meet. Uh, was known to be an incredibly fast course. I don't know if it's the same course or not, but uh, but still still has a lot of history to it. We'll see if it can maybe redevelop then into one of those courses. Manchester also for years hosted the semi state, mm -hmm. um, and that the, the the invite. I think Manchester's team even um, went by the wayside, and now they're trying to revive it. Uh, with this with this invitation it would have been later in the year in uh in past past years in the 90s and in the in the o's the brownsburg invite what a girls race here have you seen this have you heard about this i did number six franklin central girls 55 number three but shorthanded significantly so carmel shout out 56 and then unranked for now brownsburg 56 so again let me go through those Franklin Central, 55, Carmel, 56, Brownsburg, 56. The Park Tudor duo, Sophia Kennedy, 1816, Gretchen Farley, 1826. They went one and two. Their fifth 
fifth being Kennedy, and fourth, fourth being Farley on INCC stats. On the boys' side, my little dudes, number one, Carmel, shorthanded, 40. Number seven, Franklin Central, also shorthanded, 47. Carmel goes six, seven, eight, nine, and 10. I love Franklin, that. Franklin Central senior, Braden Hanko, we call him the field house. 12th on INCC stats, led the entire way, uh, had you know a, a significant enough lead to be a solo effort. 1551 for Braden Hinkle. Plainfield's Emerson Naring, second in 1605. Hinkle's 12th on INCC stats, Naring 47th on INCC stats. And this is after this weekend's uh, results factor in. Now, this is a fast course, right? You've seen this Brownsburg course. I've been there. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's flat. It's uh, got reasonably good footing. It's a little wide open. So there's not much shade. And if there's any wind at all, that can be a factor. No um, wind and, and cloudy. Yeah. So uh, that, yesterday, you know, but you, maybe the humidity factor. And I think you said there might've been some lightning in the area. Yep. But, Very um, humid. And then they needed to, they needed to um, move the race along and, and were able to adjust and get everything in, get the boys JV in. And then by the time, they cleared the area, and, and by the time everybody got on the buses, that's when the, the storms began. So shout out to Brownsburg for finding a way to get everybody the opportunity to race. However, here in the girls' rating, girls minus 15, minus 15, yeah. and the boys' rating was minus 1. The last year, I think the boys' rating was plus 11. So, so pretty humid and... Uh, you know, seasonably warm or maybe a few degrees above that. It was probably already 70 for for the very first race, 75 or so by the, by the end of it. Well, it looked like a lot of teams didn't run full squads, and that can affect things in a lot of different ways. Um, it, can, uh, it can make the uh, field a little bit more sprung out, uh, less, you know, just like a straight line where people can kind of just get on board and go and run a fast time. And, you know, perhaps – um, you know, there's just a little bit less uh, excitement in the air, so to speak. I don't know. Um, and so that that may have been a factor along with the humidity, but still great, great competition. Obviously, these races were real close. Harrison invite. This was not a slow meet. Um, it never is, but the rating's still not quite as fast as we might anticipate. Kind of that aforementioned humidity. Uh, number 18, Zionsville girls. They've been a little up and down this year, certainly up this week. The Eagles score 40. Unranked Franklin or unranked Lake Central, 86. Number 13, Bloomington South, missing two of their scores. And there's quite a drop for uh, Bloomington South after five. They score 102. So Zionsville, 40. Lake Central, 86. Bloomington South, 102. A huge win for New Prairie's Lillian Zelasco, 18-10. She beats Bloomington South's Lily Myers, who was All-State last year, by 39 seconds. That's a massive win. Yeah, you know, I think we mentioned her a couple weeks ago on, uh, when you had me on. And she really kind of struggled at the end of the track season. Um, maybe that really motivated her because she is really running well right now. Uh, Zelasco's performance, the fourth best adjusted rating adjusted performance of the weekend actually placed her um in that narrow gap between the park tutor duo so uh sophia kennedy the third best rating this week zelasco the fourth best rating farley the fifth best rating on the boys side bloomington south boys number 15 in indiana 
they were solid, 78 points. Unranked Goshen, 110. And then some New Prairie semi-state teams after that. Number 14, Portage, 120. And number 16, Lake Central, 134. But Lake Central missing two scores, and I believe it might be their top two um, based on their INCC stats profile, if not at least two of the top three. Girls rating minus two, boys rating plus nine, which I think is maybe the fastest meet so far. Uh, well, it was the fastest meet up to that point, and then there was another one that was slightly faster this year. And isn't that interesting? I mean, this is that weekend, or at least when I was coaching, we always considered this weekend to be like the fast weekend. All the not all, but many of the courses are are flat and fast. And Harrison uh, is the course that has that one really maybe like one and a half really challenging hills. It's not a super duper flat course, and yet it winds up running the fastest according to INCC stat. At the Marion Invitational, a battle of potential podium teams here on the girls' side, another team with an up and down year so far. And of course, we're only four weekends into racing. Um, we call it week three. It, INCC stats splits the first week into week 1A and 1B, essentially. Uh, number eight, North Central, 45. Number five, Fort Wayne Homestead, 52. And the number 15, Penn, 97. And number seven, Carroll, but missing their number one runner, 112. Nikki Sutherland makes an early season statement, 17-15, with the win over Addison Canablo of Homestead, 17-42. Yeah. That's, that's really, I mean, when we talked a moment ago about Zalasco, right? I mean, to have her up there with that rating in between the two Park Tudor girls puts her into that, you know, elite, elite company. And, you know, everybody else is chasing Cridge and Sutherland right now. And yet those three girls, the, the two Park Tudor girls in Zalasco, in a, in a normal year, we might be talking about them winning a state title. Right, maybe and, going and that doesn't even And that doesn't even include Canablo, who's... I mean, I didn't see the race, but, you know, she certainly has the, 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 the resume to be in that group too. And I think, I think by the end of the season, I think Kanabo probably will be. Yeah. Based on you know, the way that her track season went and missing a significant portion of it, maybe just kind of getting back into shape now that yes, that, I mean, Sophia Kennedy had the third best performance, third best adjusted rating. And she was what at Foot Locker last year, seventh. Yeah. And, yeah, and Farley that. qualified as well. Farley with the fifth best performance that yes, up, up front in Indiana, the, the elite talent on the girls side, the elite performances are through the roof. And, and have been right. It's been two, three years now. I mean, it's, it's almost like become the norm now for a, a, a 10 years ago, a state, you know, kid who could have won state is, is just hoping to get in the top 10 this year. The Marion Invitational for the boys, maybe not quite as competitive as it was on the girls' side, but still close. Competitive among potential state meet teams, although the team that won, I think, highly unlikely to make it just based on geography. So number 24, Mount Vernon boys, 104. Number 21, Chesterton, 111. And number 17, Warsaw, 125. A great individual race here for Buff Senior Ezra Burrell. Typically, his team's number two runner this year. The typical number one runner did not compete this weekend. They were uh, 
Ezra is 14th on INCC stats right now. He ran 1540. What, have you seen this? Have you heard about yeah, this? I knew, this I knew you were going to get excited Westview. about this one. Westview freshman Noah Bontrager, 15.41, and then Burbus Mateo Rocio, 15.46. To me, what's significant about this is that Rocio could be a top 10 guy in the state. I mean, he yeah. has been solid the Very. last two years, gotten better throughout the season, and was All-State last year. He was somewhere in the 20s. Like, you don't get a medal, but you're All-State. Yeah. And and just given the, the penchant for the Burbuff boys to run solid early and really well late. And this this freshman from Westview beats him. This, See, I mean, Ezra Burrell is one of the top five guys in the state. He ran him to the line. Yeah, and you're you're way better at being prepared for this than I am. But and fifteen forty, I mean, where where is that historically for freshmen in Indiana? And then I don't think we'll be able to answer this, but where does it stand historically? For freshmen in Indiana, in before September tenth, <laughs> you know, like right, it's no, got to be sure. way up there. So what I can remember, and this is self-serving, um, understandably so. Cole Matisson as a freshman ran fifteen thirty-two, but that's like at the regional sectional right. regional per you know nice day. Right. I remember perfect day like God's gift across country, the Noblesville Regional in 2015 and it was like 40 degrees calvin bates ran 1538 but again that was a perfect day i think that was like a plus 40 on incc stats <laughs> um this one girls writing minus two so you know sutherland runs 1715 on a minus rating canablo 1742 and then the boys writing plus 11 yeah, I mean, again, I, it's hard to. You're you're more into that than I am, um, but I, I, it's 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 hard to tell what that means to me. But I just know it's a fast course. <laughs> it's a fast course, but again, I mean, it's it's just we're gonna get we're gonna get calm, crisp, cool weather, and this weekend was not it. No, not no, it. No. And but I think we're realizing so much of these finish times depend on the depth of the strength of the field. You know, we'll run our flash rock invite coming up here in a couple of weeks on a, a significantly more challenging course. And yet, you know, the 20th place time may not be that different than the Marion course yesterday, just either because of weather or just the, you know, the strength of competition, the depth of competition. Right. Here's our featured meet. And I think actually we can make it all the way through this without, without a break here today. State preview. Not as strong of a meet on the girls' side. Number 11, Valparaiso, 40. Unranked Center Grove, 67. Unranked Cathedral, 78, but had been ranked in the top 25. Colin, it's been that way for a bunch of years now. The boys' race there is just it's just been significantly more competitive than the girls. I don't know why. It just has been. Well, and I remember in 2017, the top the five podium teams all competed at the state preview. And, and, but those were the boys teams, right? Boys. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't, I mean, when I was coaching, I, I wanted to get on that course as often as possible because it is so different than the typical courses we run. And I, I'm just surprised that there aren't uh, more, more of the, the, the really strong teams in Indiana going Now Maybe they're running at the, the night twilight or so called the, is it still at night? Uh, um, yeah. Nike twilight, yeah. Laverne twilight, something like yeah, that. Yeah. So Valley twilight. So yeah, I, I'm, 
you know, I, I'm not coaches have their own reasonings, I'm sure, but man, I mean, that's just such an opportunity to get out there and run and, and see the course. I, yes. I think that uh, small sample size here, but I think that the, like having that extra, having the, the early, early yeah. meet and then having the late meet right before the tournament. I mean, that's what my team used to go to the state preview. And then once we had those two options, we stopped going to the state preview yeah. to make the regular season more about the JV um, and then giving our varsity kids options on either side of that. Uh, but you're hitting it twice, right? You're hitting that course twice then out of those three meets. And I, I think that's what a lot of teams should consider doing. It's my opinion. Well, yeah, twice not to count, to, you know, maybe going there other times. Not. Yeah, I just mean twice racing in the season. Right, twice, before, yeah. For the state meet. And then a time trial out there and maybe a workout later on, for sure. Yeah. Um, Crown Point. 130 and the number 20 Garen, they were shorthanded. They did run their number one, um, but that was about it from their from their top seven. Garen scored 140. Speaking of Garen's number one, uh, Bridget Gallagher wins in 1930. Valparaiso senior Grace Thompson runs 1953. Cathedral senior Grace Bragg, 2013. Valparaiso junior Emma or Elizabeth Earhart, 2021. And Cathedral junior Lucy Marquardt, 20. 22 uh we'll get into the ratings there but but times uh very gotta have more girls breaking 20 than that in a meet there it's a tough well, course and it was humid but gotta do yeah, it well wait, wait till you see the rating or hear the rating um but then some surprising results on the boys side and we'll get into your podium teams here later on so you may want to wait um to to yeah. weigh in on that or maybe you want to talk about it now Number four, Zionsville, pretty dominant, 45 points, uh, solidifying themselves as a, a top podium contender. Number 11, Valparaiso boys, 68. We'll talk about them later. Number five, Fishers, 69. Nice. Number two, Center Grove. Now missing two of their projected scores, but they did run everybody else. They're, they were at least in the results, 108. And then Crown Point, 214, a 1-2 finish by the Valparaiso duo, senior Jimmy Dillaball and sophomore Mason Nobles. They ran 1559, and then Matthew Helton of Zionsville in 1559. There's a video of them charging up the home stretch. It's an awesome um, video. It's and, awesome. Yeah. And then Fisher's super sophomore, Sam Quagliaroli, 1606. Now he ran 15:33 the weekend before. So when we kind of get into what these times mean, um, you know, to go from 15:33 to 16:06, and then Terre Haute North Dylan Zek 16:10. Girls rating minus 44, boys rating minus 19. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I buy it. I mean, that's a tough course, and and when it's when it's humid and it's it can be rough out there, but. Uh... That can be still. I mean, I'm going to stick brutal early September, humid day, sunshine, nowhere to hide. Yeah. Second, third meet of the year. I, I just think, and I, I sound like a broken record by thinking that girls race again with a little bit fewer, uh, really the, the really strong teams in the state. I'll bet there were big, big empty spaces between packs and individual girls. I'll bet it got strung out quickly and it gets even tougher to run fast in those scenarios. I think Gallagher last week ran like 1820. Well, she's and she, real good. And she won that by the same, by, by a pretty large amount. Yeah. Yeah. I think no, that I, shows how tough the I, conditions I just, are. I think, you know, 
when you're looking at, you know, just gaps in, in finish times, right. it's just, you're not racing anybody but yourself. And, and it just, it maybe you don't, it just doesn't push quite as hard. You wanted to talk about some kind of under the radar teams, teams that we, we tend to talk about and, and rightfully so, right. Teams that could win the state championship teams that could finish on the podium. They tend to be yeah. the same teams yeah. a lot, which is the, the way that sports are covered. But you want to talk about some under-the-radar teams. These are probably likely state meet teams, but ones that maybe don't get covered a lot. The first one would be the East Noble Girls. What do you like about East Noble? Well, I, and I'm, to, before I get into that, I, I, I don't know if, how many more times you'll have me on during the course of the season, but I like the idea of kind of um, playing up some teams that we don't normally talk about. So maybe we'll keep that as a, a, a mini-segment kind of thing that I do. Um, one thing that I noticed, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a shout out here. You had the East Noble girls ranked 14th on the preseason, uh, Indiana runner poll, top 25 poll. And, um, I don't know. I, I, they're just, I just glossed over that, I guess, when I looked at that and, and, uh, and they didn't really get off to a super duper start to the season, but then I noticed them this weekend, uh, winning at Manchester, uh, they've got a lot of tools to be really good team. They've got a very good front runner, who I think is an all state caliber girl. Um, they got another, they got a new freshman in um, who, who I think was their second finisher. They've got another freshman who's in their top seven. They got a girl who was not a score for them at this meet. I think she was their sixth girl who was a score for them last year and 12, 20 something in track. Um, they're actually reasonably deep. Uh, they've got six, seven girls that already have run under 21, 10. Um, I think your 14th rating is, is, is legit. And I, I, I think that semi-state is going to, there's a number of teams, you know, that are kind of in that three, four, five, six, seven, eight range, but, but they're definitely one of them. Would you call them a lock for the state meet? <laughs> no, Okay. no, I would not. The um, other one, but I, go ahead. They're good though. I like them. The other team you want to talk about was. I guess under the radar or off the radar now, uh, probably not for very long. If it's not yeah. this year, then, then probably not next year. Cause this is a team with a lot of tradition. They're well coached. They've got a, a good mix of, of seniors and, and some exciting kind of underclassmen, some youth. And that's the Valparaiso boys. Yeah. I mean, the new Prairie semi-state gets uh, maligned a little bit just because again, the depth hasn't of, of great teams. It's been a while since it's been there. But it's super competitive. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a fun year to watch those teams go go head to head. But Valpo's kind of established themselves as the the, the best team, I think, from that semi-state on the boys' side. Um, and they've got a lot of interesting uh, tools to with their team. I think they have depth. They have those two guys up front that are really good. And I mean, um, I mean, they they knocked off Fishers, you know, legitimately at at, at I mean, it's only by a point, but um, at the state preview and. Yeah, off the radar is maybe a, a bad way to for me. That's that's probably they're they're certainly on the radar of of the you know, state rankings and things. But um, you know, we haven't really talked about them a whole lot, and uh, I really like them. Like you said, they're really well coached, and and I think you, you talked about their future. But I think their future might be sooner than later. Well, not rather than later, but but they they they, they could make the medal stand. Well, and we'll get into that here. I've I've got the top five team ratings this season no adjusted ratings so you know if, if a team was missing uh, a top athlete 
Uh, for instance, you know, the Center Grove boys haven't seen everybody. Yeah. Uh, Carmel girls have a, a top athlete that hasn't factored in. So there's an adjusted rating. that's like, okay, if we put him or her in at their average, their preseason rating, this is what it would be. It's not including that. So let me run through those and then we'll go through your top five teams. Sure. Um, so top five girls team ratings this season. And again, these are INCC stats, team ratings from specific meets that roughly correlate to a state meet score. 200 might at the state meet on average year be more like 175 or 180, but roughly about a state meet score. So number five, North Central, 204 team rating. This is the girls at Marion. And that would have been just yesterday. Number four, Hamilton Southeastern, 187, but that was at the Zionsville 4K. Another team rating at the Hamilton County meet would have been right around that. Number three, Fort Wayne Homestead, 184, the first week, uh, or week 1B, I think, at Huntington. Number two, Carmel, 175, shout out, at the Hamilton County meet. And number one, Noblesville, 124, also at the Hamilton County meet. Um, now that's no Columbus North because we haven't seen right. them yet because their meet got canceled two miles yeah. into the, the 5k last weekend. So anything from that stick out to you? Uh, no, I mean, I think that's legitimate. I think we're starting to see the teams that are legitimately metal stand contending teams. I think we'll see some more teams that, you know, if they get healthier, that, that may you know, pull out of theirs not locks, but, you know, but the teams that are really likely to get on the medal stand, but, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a good group. On the boys side, under the radar, potentially, as we had kind of said, but, and again, we haven't seen some of the top boys teams. We'll get to that at the end of this countdown. Number yeah. five, Valparaiso, yeah. 184 at the state preview yesterday. Number four, Franklin Central, 167 at the Marion County meet last weekend, so eight days ago. Number three, Noblesville, 136 at the Huntington Invite, uh, week 1B. Number two, Zionsville, 132 at the state preview yesterday. And number one, shout out, Carmel, 47 at the Hamilton County meet. We have not seen a full Center Grove team. Right. We haven't seen Columbus North boys at all. Burbuff has been not running. Full I don't strength. think we've seen. Yeah, I don't think we've seen Burbuff all at the same time. Although we've seen Burbuff with those three boys. Yes. Um, I think on, on at least one, if not if not two occasions. What What do you glean from that information? Well, I mean, are you asking me for my top five at this point, or just what's what I insist the stats is? Yeah. What do, What do you get? What do you get from a? Would it be fair to call you an, uh, a skeptic? Of, INCC stats, you're certainly not as, you don't place as much emphasis on it as I do. Yeah, I, I think what's cool about INCC stats, and I think it's what, one of the things you appreciate about it is it's kind of, it, it's kind of a, a, a projection um, because of, of what's going to happen later in the season, because it does put in those kids, at least right now, the kids who haven't raced. Um, and so that's, that's, that's kind of cool to kind of see where everybody is at. Um, as you're going to see with my top fives, I, once you hit September, I'm, I'm about results. Like, I want to see what, what are you doing on the course right now? That's how I'm going to rank you. That doesn't mean that's what I think it's going to be in late October. But I think we've gotten to the point where 
you know, if, if you're, if you have kids who aren't running, they aren't running. We got to see them. Um, we know their potential. I'm not doubting that potential, but I, you don't want to uh, underestimate those teams that are getting it done with their team, their kids right now. Yeah. And I think that, so INCC stats had, they did the big drop last week. Right. Right. And part of that was it said, well, if anyone that hasn't gotten a result by this weekend, we're taking them out. Right. But then as we get to this weekend and some of the boys from center Grove haven't run, who are the preseason number one on the boys side and all of the girls from Columbus North, still haven't gotten a result yet because of weather and then all the boys from from Columbus North who are also a preseason you know top five or six team that uh whoever runs that site backtracked on that and rightfully so I think so we're getting at least one more weekend um where they're keeping in athletes who don't yet have a result so let's get into this Scott Lidskin's top five teams let's go five to one on the girls side and one last note about that with INCC stats, I think next weekend we're, could be the right, I mean, he might be, he or she, whoever is doing the INCC stats site is probably doing the right thing because I, I, I would assume that a lot of these schools will roll out their best lineups if they can next weekend at Brown County. Correct. However, so, I am a little worried as the Indiana Runners amateur meteorologist that we are entering an apocalyptic situation where it, it, there's thunderstorms in Brown County doesn't happen either. <laughs> yeah, there's, it could be flash floods there, but we'll see. Okay, so um, here we go, five to one. But anyways, teams. all right, so I'm gonna preface this again by saying that I'm, I'm leaning now more towards um, results that we have seen. I wanna, I wanna, the team, I wanna reward, reward, like anybody cares what my top five is, but anyway, I, I wanna, uh, there you go. I want to uh, I want to play up the teams that have uh, what they've done on the course so far. Now I will say that's that is with one exception, and that is Columbus North because that is that's a little different scenario. They have been kind of uh, rained out or weathered out of their meets as opposed to holding kids out for that we know of for particular reasons. So I just wanted to preface that. So you want me to start with girls? Yep, start with girls. Girls first year, and let's go five to one. All right, Number five. fifth ranked team. Girls, I have Homestead. They're going to score four. That helps. Fourth team, I have North Central. I can see that. I mean, they just I, beat I, Homestead, I, right? Homestead, five. North Central, four. North Central just beat Homestead straight up. So. Okay, so the had some technical difficulties there, and we were uh, going through your top five for the girls. You had um, – who'd you have fifth? Homestead fifth and North Central fourth. Yeah, and they just went against each other in North Central one. Correct, and I think I just mentioned that um, I, I really wanted to try to find a spot for Hamlin Southeastern in there because I think they've had a great season so far. Um, I, I think they're sixth. Um, so third, I, I actually – I have Carmel. I think the strength of their Hamilton County performance – um, with or without one of their top runners who, who hasn't run yet, I still think they're legitimately one of the top three or four teams just as is, like the way they've performed so far this season when, when they've had their top five out on the course. So I have them third. Shut up. And then, you know, 
and again, I don't want this to sound hypocritical because I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to um, take away from what we think Columbus North is right now, based on just the fact that they haven't had a chance to race yet because of weather. So I have Noblesville at number two, and they've been outstanding. I mean, just outstanding with the depth um, and the front end. They're a really, really, really good team. Uh, but I do have Columbus North number one. That makes sense to me. Um, that certainly meshes with what I think. And from what I had heard, when they called the meet, it was very, very close. And they were, you know, they were almost two miles into it. Now, that's not to say that that's how the results were going to be when they got 5,000 meters into it. Yeah. But it looked as if Columbus North had a slight advantage over Noblesville at that point from what I had seen. But yeah, Noblesville's I, I mean, fifth was ahead of – Noblesville was bearing Columbus North's fifth. Yeah. So I don't know how that – Yeah, who knows. I, I think we're excited to see the, the actual battle happen. Maybe that will be at the twilight meet. Maybe it won't be until the state meet. But uh, it's two really, really good teams. Um, and, and it's no knock against Noblesville to have them second, even though they've probably performed the best so far this season. Uh, I just didn't want to knock well, they certainly Columbus North out the of best. there for something. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't want to knock them out of there. Yet. Right, because they haven't performed. Right. But, you know, that's the way they're they, – they, now, obviously, Columbus North sets up their own schedule. That's the way they set up their schedule was was to wait until now. But it obviously, is they're not they're not dodging the competition now. They were – they were right. dodging lightning bolts, which is why it got it got called off. Right. And and um I do not believe Noblesville, no, Noblesville girls will not go to Brown County next weekend unless they make a quick, you know, about face and maybe they could yeah. try and get in. Um, but they're slated to go more to the uh Wildcat invite, which is on that that course in Marion, the same as the Marion invite. Yeah, the Indiana Wesleyan course. Well, you've got some similar decisions then to make on the boys' side. What's your boys' <laughs> top five, starting at number five? Yeah, so this one, I think um, I, I'm going to – I think there are going to be a lot of people who would disagree with my the five that I have here. Uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll with it, and, and we'll talk more about it, I'm sure. So at number five, I have the Valparaiso Vikings. They have the I, fifth uh, best performance so far. Yeah, and I, I just think that they were that's so impressive on the on the state meet course. Uh, you know, do I think they're going to finish fifth at the state meet? I don't know. I mean, why not? Um, I think there are maybe teams that are more talented than them, but right now they're getting it done. I have them fifth, and then fourth. And this was the really the hardest one. That's that's again like it was on the girls' side. I do have Columbus North fourth. Um, that may be a little bit of a stretch. I don't know. Um, they did run that 4K race a few weeks back, but I, again, I, I didn't want to take away anything just because they didn't get a race in yesterday. And they actually, it's one of those weird scenarios. We see this like in, in college football or college basketball, especially like where a team moves up in the rankings, even though they didn't race and right, compete yeah. because the teams around them kind of slid back. I think that's kind of what happened on my top five. I think, is, I think okay. they're likely to have three in the top 25. And if you have three in the top 25, you're, your percentage chance to finish on the podium is pretty high. Yeah, it's a good start. Especially at a school with a lot of tradition and, co yes. and good coaching. Yeah. So, I mean, 
I don't know that they deserve to move up on the rankings without racing, but it just kind of happened that way. I think cause, cause Valpo knocked off Fishers only by a point and, and, and let's, you know, be honest. I mean, center Grove, not at full strength, but they haven't run at full strength yet this season. And the lineup that they did compete at the, the state preview, um, while I'm sure they ran well for those guys, they, they just weren't in, they weren't in title contention there. Uh, so number three, or unless you wanted to add something there, I don't know. So it sounds like from hearing that, that you're not going to have center Grove in your top five. I don't know. Let's, let's hear your other three. I do not. Number three, I have Noblesville. Um, Noblesville was so strong at uh, the Hamilton County meet. So kind of off the strength of that performance. And they've kind of, I mean, when you look at, um, you know, they have a solid front runner. They, they're deep. Their fifth runners run solid time so far this year. Um, again, do, are they going to be the third best team come late October? I don't know, but I think based on performances so far, I think they're the third best team right now in the state. Um, and then maybe the the surprise, I, I was surprised at my number two team, and that's Zionsville. Uh, they have been incredibly good, and I don't think we can really take away, I, we didn't talk enough probably about their performance at the state preview. I mean, they were amazing. Uh, they won handily on a very tough course, great front running, great pack running. Um, they've been solid all year long. You said this earlier in the season in your podcast that you, know, you felt like this was going to be the best team Zionsville has ever had, and they're clearly performing that way so far. So whether that will, will be true in October, late October, I don't know, but this is a very, very good team. I have them ranked second. And then everybody's chasing the Carmel Greyhounds at number one. Um, I still think, um, and th this is uh, not uh, Colin uh, talking his team up to me at all. Um, in fact, he does, doesn't do that. He, he's very, very humble about his team, but I still think this is. I text you what happens at practice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but I still think this, this Greyhounds team is one of the best teams in the nation. I think they're one of the five best teams in the nation come the end of the year, potentially. Um, and uh, I'm excited to see how the season plays out because everybody right now is chasing the Carmel Greyhounds as the number one team. Miscellaneous minute. You're the man <laughs> that called the Golden State Warriors last year for the championship. Yeah. Right, what's what's your uh, – we can do a real minute here too. What's your uh, way, way too Ooh. early NBA Finals pick? Was that on the, the outline? I didn't know I was supposed to do this. Yes. Um, well, off the cuff, then it's even better. All right, we'll go off the cuff. Um, the West is going to be much different this year. The Clippers are going to be a factor in the West. You, you can count on that if they're healthy. Um, Nuggets. Right. Did you say the Nuggets? Nuggets. I mean, they're going to get Jamal Murray back. They've got yeah. I, I, the best I, I, okay, you're not as high I'm on I'm not Denver's in love with the Nuggets. I, I, they're good. They're really good. But, um, And I know anybody who's an NBA fan might uh, laugh at what I'm about to say, but I actually think the Lakers are going to oh, be much Oh, Scott. Come on. I don't think they're going to win the West, but I think they're going to be much improved. You know why? Because I still think they're going to trade, trade for, Westbrook for, for Turner and Heald. I do. Um, Would and, you do uh, that if you were Indiana? If you can get the two first-round picks, yes. Because the, the Pacers are going nowhere right now, and they're not going to sign Turner long-term, so you might as well get as much as you can for him right now. I, I, I think they might be able to sign him to a pretty decent deal and tack a few more years onto it. I just don't think they're going to. I think they could, but I just don't think they will. Yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on that. Okay, so who do you got? NBA Finals. 
blank over blank. Say that again. Which team? What, what teams do you have in the finals? All right, I will say. Ugh. Uh, I mean, it's it's a terrible thing to do here, but I'm gonna I'll say Golden State over Boston. So repeat, run it back. Yeah, yeah. As of right now, I mean, I, I Boston I, I like and Cleveland. The, I like what the Cavs did. Um, I think the the Brooklyn Nets are going to be better than people think. Um, but uh, worse than they were last year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I you know I love the Heat. I've always I always I mean I don't I don't root for them. I root for the Bulls, but uh, the Heat are I'm always impressed with them. So, but for right now. I love the Malcolm Brogdon signing or trade for the for the Celtics. I, I think yeah. he's really good. He's, he adds a lot to their team when, when he plays. He'll play because they'll 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 be able to be more careful with him. Well, right, they can manage his minutes. He doesn't need to play back to backs. He can play twenty minutes a game. They can save him for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Anything else? As the season starts to you not crescendo, but build up at least a little bit. Yeah, well, when I was coaching, we always looked at these next three weeks. We always said, you know, figure out what the heck you're doing in races, you know, right or by, you know, by about this time, because the next three weeks are kind of the, the it's, 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 uh, it's, it's moving time, right? It's like, it, let's see where we're really at now. If you're a buff boys, maybe that's, you know, that's later, than, but <laughs> that's how, how we approached this three week stretch, um, you know, right before the postseason. So I, I think we're in for some great racing. You want to put in a plug for uh, Flash Rock? The Athletic Annex Flash Rock Invitational. We have a new sponsor. We're really excited about that. It's a great company uh, selling shoes and running apparel here in the Indianapolis area. Um, I just hope teams will all run their their top uh, their top kids in our meet. We will. Um, it just yeah, it's such a great venue. It's 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 a really you know it, it's it's just kind of a neat neat meet, and, and we're really proud that we host it, and we're proud of everything about it. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Maybe the course that mirrors the Laverne Gibson course the most in Indiana, you think? For sure. I, I think it's uh, it, it's similar in a lot of ways in terms of overall difficulty. I think so. I think it might even be tougher than Laverne, to be honest. Yeah. And it's got, I mean, kind of that long stretches, well, you know, long by, by high school course standards, rolling hills, very, very similar. We like to, my team likes to get up to Northview, you know, pretty frequently. So Yeah, I think that's a big advantage, big help. And hope, you know, hopefully those meets can happen this weekend, especially Brown County. Uh, we certainly hope so. But if if not, there's there's ones the next weekend, including the the athletic annex flash rock invite. And shout out to all the middle school runners around the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how's that going? You want to do parent corner? We can do that next time. It's been All it's right. been fun so far. My uh my son went to the fantasy football draft today. It was, big, it was a big big hit there. My old college roommate it was at his house and he has a drum set. My son was really going going nuts Very on nice. on nuts on the drums. Well, yeah, he didn't have to hear it, so yes. Well, I mean, it's an interesting like anecdote. That. Maybe not as fun to sit through. Well, I, I uh I think there might be a future there. It sounds like. <laughs> gosh i hope not the foo fighters you know they're gonna need a drummer well yeah i saw that i saw that all right hey uh well it's it's the season's becoming exciting and nothing makes it more exciting than uh solid 60 minutes with scott Litskin. thank you all right we'll see you later bye-bye